Welcome to Soft Landing, the podcast that makes interior design accessible to everyone. Hey guys, I'm Amy. I'm an interior designer, artist, and space planner. I'm here to talk about everything you need to know about interior design, from furniture to finances. I'm sharing over a decade of experience to help you find real design solutions and craft the space of your dreams. Hello there, design lovers, and welcome. You are listening to Soft Landing, and I am your host and designer friend, Amy. Up at the top, I want to let you know that over the next few weeks, I'll be posting a couple of mini-episodes or mini-sodes in podcaster speak. In light of the holidays, I know a lot of us will be spending more time with family or chosen family and less time commuting and listening to podcasts while we work, but I still wanted you to have a little something in case you need to take a break from the holiday hustle and bustle. I will be here with you. And we will resume regular length episodes in the new year. I know the holidays can be such a squeeze when it comes to our homes, whether it's finding the perfect decorations, hosting guests, or just questioning if the new lamp you bought goes with the rest of your decor. This time of year can feel like a pressure cooker, and I am here to tell you that, first of all, you are not alone. There's so much pressure on us to all be style gurus 365 days a year, and it can feel like a lot. Added on to the fact that we are fast approaching the end of one of the most unusual years in modern history, 2020 has brought so many changes into our lives collectively and individually. And when I'm feeling overwhelmed by change and self-criticism, I find it helpful to look back on the progress I've made, whether it's reading old journal entries, looking at pictures from this day five years ago, or simply remembering how long it took me to grow out my art school DIY haircut. Change isn't always a bad thing, and today I want to have a little fun by taking a look back at some of the major trends in the past 10 years of interior design, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to help us remember that style trends come and go, and what seems like a must-have this year might seem cringeworthy the next. So feel free to give yourself plenty of slack if you feel like you don't have the right holiday garland, or any garland for that matter. You are doing great, I promise. Let's open with a review of the past 10 years of Pantone Colors of the Year. If you aren't familiar, Pantone is a color standardization and matching system used by graphic designers, paint manufacturers, web developers, sign fabricators, and of course, interior designers all over the world. Because of their close understanding of what colors are being used and referenced, They've developed a trend research arm of their company, and amongst many other things, each year they publish a single color that represents the coming year, and they predict that this will be popular and seen often throughout all types of design, fashion, in commercials, in branding, and of course in interiors. This is great for designers because it sets the tone for the year ahead. 
I'm going to do a rapid run through of these, starting with 2011, which was the color Honeysuckle, which was pretty much a bright pink, actually. I was really excited about this one. 2012, Tangerine Tango, a very bright, cheery orange. 2013 was Emerald. This, of course, was the classic jewel-toned green and very true to their prediction, you started seeing this color in sofas across basically every other apartment therapy blog. It was pretty prevalent. 2014 was Radiant Orchid. This is a super bright mauve color. 2015 was Marsala, or as I like to refer to this color, Oxblood. This was the first darker color we had had in the decade. The past four colors had been super bright, super cheery, and this was starting to indicate a little bit more of a reserved tone. But you were seeing this color everywhere, so it can be interesting to see what color, saturation, brightness, these colors often reflect what's going on in society. 2016 was Rose Quartz and Serenity. Now, this was, I think, the first time that they issued two colors. So this was kind of a soft pink and a pastel blue. And it was meant to have a little bit of a commentary on the gender binary and blurring the gender binary because they always showed the two colors kind of mixing together a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how successful this was. I think in some ways it kind of reinforced the gender binary, but they were really pretty colors and you did see both of them a lot. I mean, ultimately rose quartz was that millennial pink that people talk about so much. 2017 was the color greenery, which was a bright, vibrant green, the same color that you see in a lot of plant life, which I think was super on trend because 2017 at this point pretty much Everyone was including a living wall in their design projects. People had so many houseplants at this point, so it was pretty right on trend. 2018 was ultraviolet or purple. 2019 was living coral, a bright coral color. 2020, classic blue. So again, we're returning to this sort of subdued, unoffensive color. So we really only have two colors that aren't really bright and saturated and in your face. Now, at the time of this recording, they have not announced what 2021 will be. And I have a feeling that they're going to announce it really soon. Usually it's around the 15th of December. And I think I'm going to be releasing this um, about a week before that. So any guesses on what it might be? I don't know. I think they might go for straight black this year based on the mood of 2020. What's so funny to me is that so many of these colors, six to be exact, are pinks and purples, which personally I love. I am a pink and purple kind of gal. There's definitely a type of person that is here for pinks and purples. It's a certain personality type. You have to be a little bit basic and a little bit edgy at the same time, if you know what I mean. But really, I feel like the general public isn't very fond of these colors, despite Pantone stating over and over again that some variation of pink or purple is the color of the year. So it's interesting, right? 
at work, I have a lot of corporate clients and I'm always trying to get them to not use their super pungent corporate blue or red in their interiors and just leave it for things like signage, their logo, wayfinding to the bathroom, little touches here and there, but not have it everywhere. Pepsi blue and Coke red are so jarring when you start to use them as wall paints or in carpets, and yet every corporation seems to think this is the gold standard of office design. But they never seem to be gung-ho about pink or purple. I often try to slip in like a dark eggplant fabric or a peachy pink backsplash, and nine times out of ten I am thwarted. I'm telling you right now, if you want a pink and purple space, please let me be your designer. We would be so good together. One of the other trends that I've seen come and go is metallics. Firstly, I would say somewhere around 2012, metallics were basically treated as the new neutral that you could put with pretty much anything. You saw them in furniture, wallpaper, makeup, and of course in fashion. This really went hand in hand with this kind of glam vibe that was happening in the earlier part of the decade where you were seeing a lot of houndstooth patterned fabrics, a lot of jewel tones, and of course all these metal accents on everything. Marble started being really popular again. Also, over the last 10 years, particularly interiors, I've seen this trend where at the beginning of the decade, I think the general metallic you would see in public spaces was silver or stainless steel, um, and it's really shifted back towards gold and oil-rubbed bronze. I remember when I worked on entire projects whose main focus was replacing all the old months bronze with brand new stainless steel, and now here we are again where silver looks dated and everything needs to go gold or black. Okay, so a little bit of a reaction from all that glam at the beginning of the decade there was a shift to mid-century modern, and I think it's arguable that this trend is somewhat timeless. I think that because it's fairly neutral looking, you can get away with having it um, th through any trend, and, and you've seen it come up again and again over time. But what I would say the hallmarks of mid-century modern include would be things like walnut wood, teal upholstery, subtle angles within the shapes of the furniture and patterning that you're seeing. Of course, so much of mid-century modern design was developed in Scandinavian countries like Denmark and Sweden, and I would be remiss if I did not mention the trend that swept the country probably around 2016 or 2018, Huga, which is so much more than design. It's really a concept that is focused around togetherness, coziness, feeling comfortable. It's important to note that this concept is a direct outcome of the Scandinavian winters, which are long, dark, and super cold. Because they're so far north in the Scandinavian countries, which includes Finland, Sweden, Denmark, and Norway, their summer days are really long, and the sun will be out until like 11 p.m., but conversely, in the winter, there's very little sun. And so this concept of Hyuga 
was developed to support people when they were basically hibernating. And it's all about feeling cozy, staying warm, comfortable, all these things that combat seasonal depression. From a design standpoint, this translates to the idea of simplicity. Less is more. Anything that does exist in the space needs to feel cozy. So think about chunky knit throws, lots of blankets. There's also a lot of white white upholstery, white walls contrasted with natural warmer materials like wood and stone. Another trend that popped up probably around 2015 is this whole boho trend that you see in stores like Anthropology, Urban Outfitters. There's a lot of fun kind of hippie prints, patterns, and colors that have been brought back from the archive of the 1970s. So you're thinking about things like macrame wall hangings, dip-dyed textiles, and having, of course, tons of geodes throughout your space, whether it's a real geode or a geode print, any kind of crystal. And I think the popularity of houseplants goes along with this. This is definitely a trend for a specific age range and demographic, but it was certainly something that we were seeing a ton of in magazines, on blogs, and in stores. So it was making its presence known, and I think it's definitely still around today transitioning to 2017, I think this is when we really started to see the modern farmhouse aesthetic really start to take over the market. So think about all things Fixer Upper, Joanna Gaines, Magnolia Home. This was really influencing all of the stylistic things that we were seeing in stores. So the idea of shiplap walls. I feel like I grew up in the 80s and I remember having a variation of shiplap on the walls in my basement and feeling like it was so creepy and weird. This was, of course, like a dark wood. The shiplap that is back now is more like painted white or light green. But to me, there was still this hesitation. So it was kind of interesting to see it brought back. And then, of course, there's the whole reclaimed live edge natural wood table that you see in spaces like this. A lot of white and light colored natural wood contrasted by dark metal accents. One of the things that kind of goes hand in hand with the modern farmhouse is the idea of a gallery wall. And while this almost seems so commonplace, it is actually a tricky thing to identify as a trend, but it definitely wasn't as common 20, even 15 years ago. But it's interesting because gallery walls can look like a lot of different things depending on how you style them. So it could be a cluster of family photos. It could be a grouping of art, but it could also be a live, laugh, love sign. And that is the other trend that I wanted to talk about is this whole idea of personal messaging and message signs. I feel like this was such a big trend in the past decade, whether it was a sign that was carved out of wood or one of those cute little tackable pin boards where you could change the message. I had one of those at my wedding. So I think that there's definitely this 
expression that needs to be made. People want to have statements in their homes and not just aesthetic statements. Um, It's almost like the design equivalent of wearing an I'm with stupid t-shirt in my opinion, but I get it. It's fun. And I wonder what the next live, laugh, love of this decade will be. Save the toilet paper or do not enter without mask or please stand six feet apart. (laughs) Okay, the final trend that I wanted to talk about that I saw really pop up within the last two years, year and a half, is this whole renaissance for the Memphis movement. If you're not familiar with Memphis, I would highly recommend looking them up. It was kind of a design group back in the 80s, and their aesthetic is very... How do I want to put this? It's a little Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's a little Golden Girls. It's very vibrant, geometric. It it defined a lot of the aesthetic of the 80s and 90s. And so you're seeing that again. You're seeing these bold graph grid primary colors, but also plenty of pastels and a lot of fun, carefree shapes, which is a really big departure from where we started at the beginning of the decade, which was that more kind of glam Hollywood vibe. I think the other style that I've seen a lot lately, which sort of plays into Memphis, is this Mediterranean style where you're seeing a lot more of these arched doorways and light colors and stone and terrazzo, which feels really fresh and new at this point. I think one other little trend that kind of goes back to the sign trend is the use of neon in spaces. Now that there are so many LED options for neon signs, I feel like they're a lot more uh, reasonable to maintain, so we're seeing a lot more of them. And I'm still on the train of neon. I, I think it's really fun. It's nostalgic for me, and I think there are a lot of cool things that are being done with it. Well, I hope you had fun on this walk through memory lane with me. This was just a really quick overview of some of the trends that stuck out the most to me over the past 10 years. And I love reviewing trends like this because it's just so helpful with seeing where we've come from, where we've been, and where we're going. And I love trends. I think trends are meant to be interacted with. They're meant to be celebrated and enjoyed. And there's nothing wrong with being a little trendy or being a little off trend. It's all good. And it's all about what feels good to you. I hope you guys have a really awesome day. Thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye.